Good morning and welcome to the broadcast of Faith Mountain Ministries. Man, I've spent such a precious time in the scriptures this week, and, and I hope you've been enjoying these broadcasts and they've been a, a boost to your faith and to your walk with Christ. And this discipleship is such an important part of the Christian life, and it just means that you set yourself in an intentional path of growing every single day. This morning, we're catching a plane to go to Minnesota, be in a couple of different churches in Minneapolis and then over in Wisconsin, just across the border. And if you're in the Minnesota, Wisconsin area this weekend, you're hearing this podcast, uh, the weekend it's intended to be broadcast up there on the radio, then jump on our website, BillVanderbush.com, and see if we're going to be anywhere near your area. Uh, Go to BillVanderbush.com, go to the schedule page, and take a look and see through this next year if we're going to be anywhere near you. And if we are, please come out and uh, say hello in person and just join join in with us as we just enjoy the presence of God together. All right, well, let's open this up in prayer. Hope you have your Bible with you today. We're going to be all over the scriptures. And just let's welcome the presence of the Lord to, to be our teacher this morning. So, Father, I just thank you for uh, the opportunity once again to use the tools we have available to put the gospel out into the atmosphere. Lord, I pray that it would find willing and open ears, hearts able to respond, hearts ready to say yes to you. Jesus, I thank you that you have given us everything that we need, not just to be successful in this life, but to to thrive and to bring your kingdom about to bring righteousness, peace, and joy, to bring life to those who are hurting, to bring healing to broken bodies, to bring restoration to relationships that have have been severed. Father, I thank you that, that today you are advancing your kingdom, advancing the kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit all over the earth today. That all over the earth today, that hearts and minds are saying yes to you. So Lord, today I, I pray that it would be that for this broadcast as well, that you would empower us with the oil of intimacy, that you would empower us with the joy and gladness that comes from the oil of your presence. Father, that you would anoint this broadcast to do what you intended to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen, in order for you and I to have, and I've talked about this, I think the last three or four weeks, we've been talking a lot about the renewed mind. In order for you and I to walk with a renewed mind, to correct wrong thought patterns in our lives, there's a few things that I would say are necessary. All right. Now I'm not a person of formula here, but there are some principles that I think we can find in the scriptures and give us a key to having a renewed mind and walking in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Number one, if you're taking notes, I think one of the first things is it's necessary that we know what God brought about in Christ. What did the Christic covenant do? And once you discover those things, beginning to speak those things out, I mentioned in prayer the, uh, the, the word oil. It's just, it has to do with the anointing of God. It's, it's where the divine power, supernatural power of God anoints. So the word is literally smeared. It's, it's like with oil taking and smearing on somebody's life. You know what happens? 
you can see it shine. You can see oil shine on a person. You can smell the fragrance of the oil. There's something that impacts and affects the senses when the anointing of God touches you. And, and so when you've been touched by God, when you've been touched by the presence of the Lord, one of the first things that has to happen is our speech changes. Jesus starts getting introduced into our language. As with any relationship, there has to be conversation. This conversation both with the person you're in relationship with and about the person you're in relationship with. If there's no conversation and no mention of them, what kind of a relationship is that? So the presence of the Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit starts to impact our language. When we look in the scriptures and we see a promise of God, to speak that promise out and say, that belongs to me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God, not of my works. And there's nothing that I can brag about or boast about in that. Uh, the, the promises of God over your life make those personal, but you've got to know what God brought about in Christ. The second thing you've got to know is what God, through his word and through the Holy Spirit, has put in you, what he's created you to be. Third thing you need to know, is what Jesus Christ is doing right now. What is the activity of God on the earth in his present day ministry seated at the right hand of the Father? What is Christ doing? I want to combine those two things. What the Holy Spirit is doing in you and what Jesus is doing in the earth. Those two things are actually going to be very closely related. Why? Because Jesus is looking for people to work through. And so you got to know that he's working in people and he wants to work in you. But if you don't perceive that he's working in you yet, find somebody who he is working in. And this is where ministers and ministries seem to come into play. Find somebody who's walking in an awareness of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. They carry, obviously, the anointing of God upon their life. The fruit of the Spirit is active in their life, and it's evident upon them. Righteousness, peace, and joy, the kingdom of God is active upon that person. Get around those people. That's kind of a big deal. Hopefully that's one of the reasons why you listen to this broadcast is because you've seen our lives consistently lived in surrendered abandon to the Lord. Uh, and I hope that's an inspiring thing for you. So you've got to know what God has placed in you, what the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit has worked in you. And you've got to know the activity of God here on the earth. But the last thing, fourth thing that you've got to know is what the word of God can do, will do for us, through us, in us. The word of God is one of the most powerful forces you had. So we, we've talked about what, what God did through Christ on the cross, the death, the burial, the resurrection. Talk about what God has done in you, what he's put in you, what he's placed in you. Talked about what God is doing in the earth and the Holy Spirit's activity in the earth. But but the one of the biggest areas we discovered these first three things is in the scriptures. 
See, if I told you to study your Bible from the outset, and that's like a big deal, you might say, ah, you know, I can't do that. That sounds too hard. But hopefully, the idea of what God did in Christ, what God has put in you, and what Jesus is doing actively in the earth is enough of an enticement to you to go, okay, I can find out more about those three things by getting into the Scripture. Not just getting into the Scripture, but getting the Scripture in your mouth. What do I mean by that? Philippians chapter 2 Verse 13 says, For it is God who works in you to both will and to do of his good pleasure. God is at work in you. And it will impact your speech, what you say, how you talk. And, and people will be able to hear it around you. I'm trying to turn up. I hope you, hopefully you understand what I'm doing here today. I'm trying to turn up the volume of the gospel on your life by first impacting your voice. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You get the word of God into you, but it also comes out of you. It comes out through your mouth. It comes out in your life, but it comes out in your language. If it comes out in your in your life, but not in your language, it's going to leave people very confused. And it comes out in your language, but not in your life, they'll be just as confused. It's got to be both in your life and in your language. So God is at work, according to Philippians 2.13, in you, and he's at work through you. And I would say like this, God does not work in the earth without you. God gave, the Bible says, the church, the authority, and the power, a commissioning to go into all the world to demonstrate, to preach, to give language to, and to live out the reality of the gospel. It says to every creature. What does this mean? It means that the gospel impacts and affects all of creation. See, the plan of God is to operate through you. The Holy Spirit is given to us, the Bible says, as our helper. But the Holy Spirit here doesn't do the work for you. And this is another place, I think, in our lives where our thinking has got to get corrected. We say things like, well, the Holy Spirit will do the work. But the Holy Spirit wasn't sent to do the work. Uh, one translation of the scripture says that I will not leave you helpless. says, I will come to you and I will send you another helper. And the Greek word here is paraclete. It's translated as comforter. But what it, what it actually means is one who comes alongside to help. So God didn't give us the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit would do what he's called us to do. God gave you the Holy Spirit to help you do what God's called you to do. So much of the time, the Holy Spirit is just assumed he's going to just do everything. But if the Holy Spirit did everything, there'd be no need for you. Why would we ever send a missionary to another part of the world? Now, the Holy Spirit works with surrendered people. Surrender people who give them their language and their time and, and have a relationship, cultivate a relationship with the voice of the Lord so that you know how the Holy Spirit is leading you in any moment. So many times we think, well, if, if, if God wanted uh, um, me to go out and do ministry, well, I could just go out and like start laying hands on the sick everywhere and, and they'd just be healed. But I've, I've gone and done that and it hasn't happened. Well, time out. I believe God wants to touch every person who's sick and bring them into total restoration and healing. But what has God specifically directed you to do? What has he asked you to do? What has he put on your heart? What is burning in your heart to do for the kingdom of God? What he calls you to do, he will empower you with a grace, with a desire, with a passion for it. 
When you see somebody with a passion for, let's say, reaching a nation, going someplace that's completely you know, outside of their comfort zone or doing something that's completely different for them to do, when you see somebody doing that, does it, and you don't have a passion for it, do you feel the tendency to think, well, that's just a phase they're going through? Or do you maybe try even to talk them out of it, thinking, well, you know, that's just, that's just something that they're into right now. It, it'll wear off. What if God has placed that call on that person's life and ignited a passion within them that he hasn't ignited within you? And uh, when you see passion ignited within people, listen, it may be the call of the Lord, the Holy Spirit working within that person to empower them to do what God's called them to do. Now, if you try to go out and fulfill their call, it wouldn't work. Matter of fact, you might, you might get yourself killed in the process. But if they go out and fulfill their call, you know what? The Holy Spirit has empowered them to do that, just like he's empowered you to do what he's called you to do. What's the passion that God has put in your life? What's the fire that God has ignited within you? You know, we pray things like this. We'll say, uh, maybe of somebody, you know, God, I pray that you would bring conviction to their heart. Let's say they're walking contrary to the values of the kingdom of God. And you say, I pray God would just bring conviction to them. But you know what? I don't believe necessarily that conviction will come to a person unless somebody goes and and unveils the truth of the word of God. And I remember, you know, years ago going to evangelism, you know, classes on evangelism in, in, in Bible school. And they'd say there's something so important about sitting down with somebody, opening up the book, pointing to a page and having them see with their eyes. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, recognizing our need for a Savior. Then go to Romans 3.24, And have freely been justified by the grace given in Christ Jesus. So the justification that comes from Jesus Christ alone belongs to the same all that have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When people see that with their own eyes, there's something that happens in their heart. You know, the Bible uh, is, is powerful. The Bible says it is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit, to the thoughts and intents of the heart. Sometimes it takes a person to open the scriptures and, and like a surgeon with a scalpel, not, not uh, some wild, crazy person with a machete, but a surgeon with a scalpel do surgery on somebody's heart using the scriptures. You know, Paul said, uh, the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 10, starting around verse 13, he says, Whoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? That's a person willing to let their voice be surrendered to give the word of God to somebody who needs it. So the Bible has said that ultimately God has ordained that people should come to salvation. But you know how it comes? Through the preaching of the word. You catch what I just said there? Listen, I believe signs, wonders, and miracles are so huge, but they're not enough. Just, just signs, wonders, and miracles are not enough to save a person. Jesus heals 10 lepers. Only one comes back to give him thanks. Jesus healed a whole bunch of people in Jerusalem and around Jerusalem. You know what happened in the, the day he was crucified? Not many of them showed up to that event. A lot of people walked away. 
They took the miracle and walked away without believing in him. Once signs and wonders happen, then people can come to an awareness of, wait a minute, how did this happen? This is the moment where you introduce Jesus into the mix. This is the moment where you tell him, Jesus healed you. And this is what he does. This is what he's like. And in those moments, we preach the gospel to people and they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And there's a line of thought here, and it was really important in my, in my dad's life. If our thinking isn't right, our believing will also not be right. And then our speech, our talking will not be right. And we will find not just ourselves confused and defeated, but the people in our lives confused and defeated. It all begins with the renewing of the mind to realize what God, the word of God can do when it's in your mouth. It carries weight and power. And listen, sometimes you might quote a scripture to somebody, you might show somebody something in the scriptures and they just get angry about it. What's happening? That's the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. You can't argue against the scriptures. You can argue with the scriptures, but you can't argue against the scriptures. I genuinely believe every single person, every single person listening to this broadcast who's a believer in Jesus ought to prepare one scriptural lesson of their own, something of yours, So if you're ever called upon to speak at a church, a gathering, a Bible study, or you're ever in a position where you're in a conversation with somebody who suddenly puts on you a demand to learn something from the scriptures, then have something ready. Have a scripture ready. That is, it's yours. It belongs, in a sense, belongs to you. Take ownership of it. I I also suggest to you that you read through the Gospels, through the New Testament, the letters of Paul, specifically the letters of Paul, the epistles. They're full of my favorite expression, and that is in Christ or in him. Now, that expression, in Christ, in him, in whom, it's used or it's inferred. Your union with God in Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit is used 134 times in the New Testament. Kind of a big deal. So God wants us to know that we are united with Christ. John 14, 20, in that day you will know I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Now in every instance that I've found of being in Christ, that phrase talks about an individual person. It talks about what you have and what you can have or have access to in Christ. It's, it's not only what you personally just know about Jesus, right? That matters. It's what the Word of God says you already are in Christ that matters. So many people will say, well, you know, I know that the Bible says that this is true about Christians. I know that I'm saved. I know that I'm filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. But the promises don't seem real to me. So I have to ask you this question. Have you ever put any weight on those promises? Have you ever put those promises into action? In other words, you believe that Jesus can heal. Have you ever laid hands on the sick, intending, expecting to see them recover? There's something about taking what you believe in your heart and think in your mind to be true and to put it into action, to put it into your speech. Okay, so 
I want you to understand something about the power of our words. The power of the word of God has to be put in our mouth. It can't just be left on paper. I gave a challenge years ago to uh, some, some students, and I think I put it on the broadcast here. I can't remember, but I'm going to give it to you today. And that is to read Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 out loud. Even if you just read Ephesians 1 out loud and see yourself in Christ, see yourself in him. Watch what happens when you personalize what Paul wrote about being in Christ. He's not talking about just a whole bunch of holy other people. He's talking about you. Let me give you one here. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 7 and 8 say, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, whereby he has abounded toward us in all wisdom. And I love the old King James Version. And prudence. You got to look that one up. Notice it says, in whom we have, it's our redemption. It's in Christ that we're redeemed. In him, we have our redemption. What are you redeemed from? Some people would say, well, sin. Okay, yeah, that, that is true. But the Bible also talks about that you're redeemed from the curse of the law. You're redeemed from spiritual death. That's the thing that made you a sinner in the first place. So the curse of the law, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And when you look at the law of Moses, you see that the punishment for breaking God's law was sickness, death, poverty. It's, it's all spiritual death, spiritual deadness. Jesus came to redeem you from the curse of the law. You and I were sold, Romans 6 says, as slaves unto sin, spiritual death. The devil was dominating our life. Maybe he's dominating your life right now. But because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross, you have redemption. The devil's power over you, Satan's dominion over you, has been broken. Let me just say that again. Satan's dominion over you, yes, I'm talking to you, has been broken. It means that the devil lost his dominion over your life the moment you said yes to Jesus. You said, I haven't said yes to Jesus. Well, maybe now's the time to do it. Have you given Jesus Christ your life? Has he become your Lord? Not just your Savior, but your Lord. Romans chapter 6, verse 14 says, For sin will not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law. That's the curse of the law. But you are under grace. That is the saving grace of Jesus Christ. So I invite you today to say yes to Jesus, to say, Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. I give you my life. Right now, I make the decision to say yes to you. Right now, I believe you say that, that the power of the devil is broken over your life. The power of sin, the power of addiction. And listen, you, you may have developed a sin habit and, and the Lord will do something about the desire, but he will work the Holy Spirit with you, co-laboring with you, the helper with you, to do something about the habit. And I'm going to pray that those old habits, addictions, and desires that are being broken off of your life right now, they never find a foothold in you again. They never find a, a place to claw into your life ever again. You find yourself, even right now, 
totally free by the power of the grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has redeemed you. He, the Bible says, is the head over the church. He is the one that leads. He's the head of the church, and you're a member of the body of Christ. If you said yes to Jesus and said, Bill, I gave my life to Jesus right now, then you are a member of the body of Christ. You are the church. Church is not a place you go. It is what you are. And Christ is the authority, the head in your life. He has headship in every decision, every choice, everything you do at this point. Know that he's there to help you. He's there to, to, to help you, to comfort, to guide you, to, to lead you in the way that he would have you to go, in the way that's the, the best for you. You've been hitting a roadblock at every turn, beating your head against a wall, feel like you can't stay out of the ditch. Listen, this is what Jesus Christ comes to do in our lives, and that is to lead us in a plain path, to lead us in a path of favor. And that's so important. You're a new creation in Christ. Did you know that? The Bible says that you're not just a, like a renovated old car or a, or a refurbished mattress. How disgusting is that? Now listen, you are a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5 tells you that you are a new creature in Christ, something that has never been before. This is the promise of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that is that he instantly can touch your life in such a way that it makes all the difference in the world. You say, how did, I could have done this five minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, and it would have made all the difference. Yes, but listen, God can redeem a dark past. He can redeem a past filled with sin. He can redeem a past filled with pain, and he can actually turn your test into a testimony. I love that. Let me give you another scripture that's going to help you. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. What a beautiful word. The encouragement that you don't have to fear. Why? Because he's with you. You don't have to be dismayed, discouraged, or confused. Why? Because God belongs to you and you belong to him. It's a relationship here. And why is his promise here? He's going to bring you strength. He's going to bring you help. He's going to uphold you. It means give you the ability to stand when you feel like you can't take another step or can't get up on your own. He gives you the ability to stand. To uphold you with what? the right hand of his righteousness. You know, this scripture was written a long time ago, quoted by Isaiah, given to Israel, but it's true for you and I today. Listen, you're not just a forgiven sinner. When you are a child of God, when you are in Christ, you're not just a, a sinner that's been forgiven. You're not some poor, weak, staggering creature. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but man, this, this just brings life to my heart to know that you're a new creation in Christ. Well, listen, I, I'm here at the end of the broadcast today. I pray that this has been an encouragement to your heart. And I want to say a quick prayer for healing for every person who needs a touch in their body today. So Lord Jesus, I just thank you that today you have provided in your blood on the cross, everything we need to walk in healing, health, and wholeness. 
today by the power of, of the name of Jesus, the name above every name, that name that's above cancer, above leukemia, above every sickness, disease, disorder, and everything that has a name. Lord, we just proclaim that name, your name, Lord Jesus, over every single body that's listening to this broadcast today. God, I pray that you would give those who, who need a touch from you today a, a tangible awareness of your presence. Lord, that the oil of anointing, the oil of joy for gladness, the oil of the intimacy of your presence, the oil of power for good works would be upon their life right now in Jesus' name. Ignite them, set them on fire with a passion for you that nothing can take away. Thank you, Lord. I praise you. We bless you. We worship you. You're so, so good to us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, if you'd like to write to us, you can do so by writing to Faith Mountain Ministries, Box 595, Marshall, Minnesota, 56258. The address, once again, Faith Mountain Ministries, Box 595, Marshall, Minnesota, 56258. And a lot of people still like to send good old-fashioned handwritten letters. That's where you can send those. You can also get online at either VanderbushMinistries.com or BillVanderbush.com. The best way, I think, to support this broadcast, specifically this particular broadcast, is to go to VanderbushMinistries.com. This website is an antique. If websites can be an antique, it is. But it still works great, so we still continue to use it. It does what we need it to do. And that's it. it. It posts the podcast or this broadcast. You can listen, subscribe to this broadcast there at VanderbushMinistries.com. But you can also financially support Faith Mountain Ministries at VanderbushMinistries.com. On the home screen, there's a little button that just says Give. If you'd like to get a hold of more resources, oh my goodness, there's a ton of free stuff out there. Go to YouTube and just type Bill Vanderbush. And there's a lot of messages and things that are out there. But if you'd like to follow along with a particular Bible study series, here's my recommendation. Go to BillVanderbush.com, and there's a couple of Bible studies that we have. They're verse-by-verse Bible studies with myself and a dear friend of mine as we walk you through the book of Hebrews and the book of Ephesians. Right now, we're working on the book of James, and so we're excited about releasing that. Hey, this is Bill Vanderbush from all of us here at Faith Mountain Ministries. Until next time, may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.